Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, John Bernthal on The Punisher, The Walking Dead, and being a reformed screw-up. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. I'm not a reformed screw-up. Just a screw up. But I do have a podcast. I'm able to do that at least. Uh, thanks again, guys, for tuning in to another episode of Happy Sad Confused. I was going to say our, our weekly episode, but in the next few weeks, um, there is an embarrassment of riches. It's, uh, it's holiday movie season. It's getting to be awards season. There's just a lot of cool folks um, kind of making the rounds. So I'm pleased to say... Um, I've been having a lot of very cool conversations. So uh, a bunch of great guests coming up on Happy Sack Confused, including um, some of the stars of the biggest films of uh, the holiday season. So look forward to that. But uh, for now, I want to talk about uh, this week's uh, guest. Again, it's not this week because there's another guest coming up. Today's guest, um, John Bernthal is the guest uh, who you probably know. I hope you know. If you listen to this podcast, you know your shit. But uh, in case you don't know uh, the name, you know the face. John Bernthal. Um, has done a thousand uh, great uh, roles, both on television and film. As I mentioned in the intro, um, he probably is best known for his role on, I think, the first two seasons of The Walking Dead. Um, But since then, especially since The Walking Dead, which kind of propelled him, He's been a staple uh, on the big screen, kind of like mostly in kind of character roles. Like he popped up in the David Ayer film Fury uh, last year in The Accountant, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, um, Baby Driver this past year. He's Wind River, another like scene stealing role. Uh, And and now he's returning to um, television for The Punisher. Of course, he was Frank Castle. I think it was on season two of Daredevil. And now in a new 13-episode run of his own on Netflix, it is all available for you now. I watched the first few episodes, so you might be, even be ahead of me by now on uh, Punisher. But this is a, you know, a huge opportunity for an actor who really deserves it. Uh, I, you know, I, I definitely I have a little bit of a the man crush thing on John Bernthal. He's just, he's just, he has like a cool, I don't know. I, I mean, I think I, I, think I use the, the phrase like, like, like a, a dignity, like a gravitas to when I talk to him. And, and I mean that. I think he has like a, a true um, uh, presence on screen that is just very reassuring as a, a, a he can be a, a great supporting actor and a, and a leading man. So I think he's he's one that I'm excited to sort of see where his career goes. He's getting more and more great opportunities and uh, he's you know, he's just he's shooting nonstop because right now he's getting the chance to work with great people. He's uh, you know, we talk a little bit about how he's about to go shoot the new Damien Chazelle movie. Of course, Damien Chazelle, who did La La Land. He just shot something with Steve McQueen, who to 12 Years a Slave, you know, it's fair to say you're going to see John Bernthal pop up in a lot of great stuff in the next few years. Uh, also, note, I know there are probably a bunch of Walking Dead fans uh, that listen to this show. We talk a bunch about Walking Dead, and it's you know interesting stuff that I wanted to get into was this um, kind of legendary dust-up uh, at the end of the first season where uh, Frank Darabont, who helped create Walking Dead um, was basically he came to blows with AMC and it, you can read all about this if you like Google it but like it's a kind of like a, a big a, one of the major kind of creative disputes in recent years on television and it happened over this you know 
burgeoning phenomena. Uh, and, and it's interesting to hear John's perspective on the whole thing. And I hadn't heard him talk at length about the whole Frank Darabont Walking Dead uh, fiasco <laughs> before. So worth uh, checking that out on this week's episode. Um, so that's a little tease for you. Enjoy this conversation with John Bernthal. As always, remember, guys, go uh, to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe. If you review the podcast, good chance I might read out your review right here on the air. That's right. You'll be famous. Um, speaking of famous, here's our big time guest, Mr. John Bernthal. Oh my God! Look, it's John Bernthal. Hey, oh John. boy! Oh boy! Hey, man! It's good you just to snuck see you, up bro. on me there. Rock and roll, man! I'm here. Very cool. <laughs> hey, that's a pretty cool thing. Too, Which do you huh? like? The Willow, the Michael Shannon non-sexual um, escort, <laughs> cash <laughs> only. As you can imagine, that gets a lot of attention when people sit down. Yeah, in that man, seat. it's it's staring right at me. It's making me feel weird things. <laughs> I'll sh- I'll share the sketch with you after the podcast, and you can decide how you feel about it. Rock if you're roll. still supporting it. Okay, okay, okay. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Yeah, it's good to be here. Um, good morning to you. Welcome. We're going to talk about a lot of things. We've got cool. some time on. Our hands, but nice. um, first and foremost, uh, we should mention. <clears throat> excuse me, right. uh, the Punisher, mm-hmm. Punisher, which is long in the uh, making, long in the anticipation for fans. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, man! Thank you. I've seen appreciate a bunch of the episodes, and cool. it's it's great work as always. I appreciate you saying that. Um, so let's, let's circle around though for a second, because okay. the last time I saw you, you probably don't rec- remember this, because it was briefly in San Diego, where everybody goes insane during Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you're. Uh, uh, yeah, that's messed up, man. Because when I walked in, I knew that I, I that we had hung this out kind of before, face. Man. You can't, you can't. Yeah, forget. it's a beautiful face, man. <laughs> but I, I thought you said nice to meet you. Well, I go with and that. I said good to see you no, no, again. You know, you know what I did? And I didn't say meet. I I'm usually meet. on the wrong side of those You're kinds of exchanges. Now, John. Okay, fair enough. No, fair I, enough, said, fair I enough. said good to see you. I think, did you? I think I, I. That's my conscious. Hey, man, it's great to see you again, bro. Yeah, yeah, rock and roll. We go way back. Okay, cool. Um, but I was going to say, here's something I was struck by in our conversation. Before we even had the, the interview that day, mm-hmm. you were, we were just chit-chatting, and you were telling me about Ojai, which I know is, mm-hmm. uh, is home or a, mm-hmm. one of, or a place it's where you home. spend a lot of time. Yeah. Then I saw Wind River mm-hmm. like a week mm-hmm. or two later, mm-hmm. and you're talking all about Ojai mm-hmm. in, that, in that film. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. was that coincidence, or did you no. tell Taylor, <laughs> hey, can I, can I talk a little Ojai in this? You, you know, you don't tell Taylor anything. You know, <laughs> I, 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 look, Taylor is, uh, you, you know, he, he's great, man. And, you know, it's the second time I worked with him. I did Sicario as well. And, and, and he and I got together after I, I didn't meet him on Sicario, but I was just, uh, you know, I'm blown away by his work and I'm blown away by the fact that he was an actor first. And he's uh, he's just one of those guys. The more you know him, the more you respect him, the more you love him. And um, he's uh, he's just one of those guys that means a lot to me. And, you know, he reached out after Sicario and he he, he sort of dug where we went with the character. And, um, you know, on Wind River, he really. You know, he asked me to come on and, and, and do the film, just do a day of work, but he told me it was going to be a big sort of important scene, and, uh, you know, he he works extremely in a, an extremely collaborative uh, fashion on, yeah. that, on that scene, and we kind of constructed it that day, and, uh, yeah, he, he, he said, let's let's come up with a little something about Ojai. He, nice. he also has sort of um, has become a bit uh, allergic to Los Angeles, and he's a family first guy, same way I am, and we both sort of have our lives way, way, way outside of the sure. the business and, and, and it's something of, of real mutual understanding and, and you know with 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 um 
Yeah, it was something that we just sort of came up with, and and um, he let me put a little bit of my own life in there. Is yeah. it fun for you to kind of uh, come in and I mean that's that's unusual in a film like that. It's a great film from start to finish. It's so tense, but even in a tense film, that's like the sequence in the film that kind of turns the story and kind of um, uh, in some ways is kind of the 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 the, the, the tense high point of that mm. film. Um, you know, I think of something like you mentioned Sicario. Mm. You only have a couple scenes in that. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite thing to do. To be yeah. honest with. You, you know, um, uh, and, and not just because you're in and out super quick, but like you, <laughs> you know, impact, you don't yeah. have to work that long. But I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a real, it, you know, it's a real challenge as an actor, as an actor. But it's a real, it's a challenge, man. And 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 you come in, you know, my buddy James Badgedale, who's who's a, a you know dear friend of mine. He calls it just like being being a hired assassin. You know, like you come in and the thing's already in motion and and. Uh, you, you, you know, you have to come in and 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 present a character in just a short period of time, but you gotta have a sense of history. You gotta have a sense of that. That you you, you gotta have a real backstory to the guy, and you've gotta you, you know for it to resonate. It's gotta it, it it really you know if done right, you can sort of get the back of the authenticity of the movie to show that there's real characters that are lived in and yep. and, and, and not just or what happens to that guy. Yeah, and, and like from, you yeah. could make a you could make your own thing about those people, and it's it's really kind of my favorite thing to do. And 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 what's great about it is you know I think a lot of people sort of get to a place in their career where they they look at the size of the role and that's just never been a thing for me. I, I, I look at the script and the director and 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 uh you know if it's if it's a great project, I just want to be in it and sure. I just want to be able to come in and sort of uh you know throw the hammer down for a second. And I, I'm I'm really thrilled and grateful that I get those opportunities um and, and I'm I'm grateful for to Taylor for letting me have it. And I thought it was a really bold bit of um structural storytelling to to kind of do the flashback when he did and and uh you know it was it was a challenge i mean basically what he said is he wanted this guy i mean i know it's a spoiler but he wanted this he when that door opened he wanted everybody to think oh this guy you know and you see my ugly face and you're like okay this guy this guy's <laughs> the bastard that did it you know but then within the next five minutes you know really show that there's real love between these two and, yeah. and, and believe in them and root for them and and uh you know what an awesome uh, what an awesome challenge what an awesome opportunity do people often say to you that you – I mean, you strike me uh, – this might be a cliche, but like uh, as kind of a throwback actor. You, you, you remind me of uh, – you know, and I don't want to blow smoke up your ass, but like truly like you, you feel like cut from a cloth of like – I think of like Pacino like yeah. and, and like De Niro, those kinds of actors back yeah. then that had like an innate um, intensity – decency, um, lived inness. Like there's something like very like true and authentic about you on screen, which is obviously the goal for any actor. It, it, were those kind of like your guys? Like, are you, Oh man, I look, man, I really appreciate you saying no, I mean, that. I, I, and, I, I'm a, as you can tell, I'm a big fan of your thanks, work. Man. And, and, and like when you, you pop on screen, I always feel like, okay, I'm in good hands. And this guy, whether he's in it for five minutes or, or the whole hundred minutes, whatever, that's uh, it, it works. You, uh, you work on screen, man. You know, a lot of it. I've, you look, man. I, I think. Uh, uh, look, this it really means a lot to me. It really, um, I, I, I really do kind of care about the work a lot, and I feel like this art, uh, you know, has really saved my life in a lot of ways, and I owe a lot to it. And I think I'm one of these people who um, 
Look, I've been like mashed in the face a lot. I have a face that's sort of been through a lot, fortunately or unfortunately, and I lived a lot of life. Um, and then I sort of, you know, I studied acting for a long time, and 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 I studied in a place where, you know, I studied in Moscow, so I, I studied in a place where, you know, the, the the stakes were really high in terms of learning, and 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 um, it re- really meant something and mattered. And and by all means, you know, the guys like De Niro and Pacino and the, the sort of actors of the '70s were, you know, my heroes and and when i saw the energy you know i I said this to (laughs) i i did this kind of goofy movie with grudge match yeah Yeah, yeah. but you know i had a chance to 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 work with you know mr de niro and 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 uh you know i had like eight or nine scenes with him and it was you know a real thrill for me and and um you know i told him as as much as he did not want to hear it you know on on the last day and i really gave him the space (laughs) but I, I, i had to tell him but i said hey look man you know i'm a guy who's been in all kinds of trouble in my life and I've been through all sorts of things but you know seeing the work that he did and he's done and the energy that he tapped into you know I had that same energy within me and anytime I tapped into that energy it landed me in trouble and it it, it made me it, it caused pain in my life until I found this yeah. until I found this thing where I could tap into that kind of energy and I could get uh, respect from people and, and I, I could make people think and feel and um, it's really you know now I'm a dad and a husband and I have a home and I'm, I'm, I'm extremely grateful and I'm extremely grateful uh, to people like that with that energy who showed me that there's a path for that right. but um there's also, I think, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, I'm not a very pretty uh, person, and so I think that that also, you know, has um, helped in a way. You know, I think it's it's only sort of made me available for certain kind of of work, and I think that that ended up sort of being right in the wheelhouse of the kind of work that I really love to do. Is that the kind of thing that like that agents or whatever have said to you in the past? Like, no, you know, you're, you're good, but like you don't have the face to be. No, like No, <laughs> no. I mean, I think you know, man. I just remember in the beginning of my career, it was like you, you know, look, I, I had, I was a, you know, my work was all in the theater, and and I love being a theater actor, and I I, I I've been on stage all over the world and and um I really was very confident in that and 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 extremely um experienced in that you know I had a, I had a theater company I act all over Italy and Russia and um DC where I grew up and it's just that's my passion that's my heart but you know when I came to sort of try to get on film you know everything that I was thrown out towards was you know soap operas and romantic comedies and to just feel the absolute what is this mongrel doing in this room? Like you, who, who you even could, said you could come into this yeah, room. Yeah, you disgusting creature with the nose and those ears. Like what? You know. And so, uh, you know, I think a lot of times, you, you know, you my could first be on a CW show. That, that, with yeah, that face? yeah, yeah. You disgusting. You know, and it's like palpable when, when, when you know, and, and, and you know, fortunately, unfortunately, I think a lot of people in this country, maybe of a certain type, kind of get into this because of sort of like appearance or because. Sure. of of, you know, looking cool or I don't know. I, that was just never really my deal. And um, so I, I think I'm lucky. I think I'm, you know, at the time it felt like completely daunting and overwhelming and like, shit, man, this is like never going to work out in this way. But I think what happened was eventually I started to get to meet people like, you know, Oliver Stone and 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 Polanski and like people who gave me my first kind of few breaks and they right. were sort of looking for something else. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely lucky, you know. So where were you focusing? You, know, you kind of alluded to the fact that you were kind of a little, your energies weren't going into the right place as a kid. You mm-hmm. were, 
you mm-hmm. were a little, whether it was unfocused or maybe you were focused on the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Um, where was that aggression heading towards? Just getting into trouble? Just sort of like... Yeah, you know, trouble my whole life. I mean, look, man, I was I was an athlete. You know, I played baseball, football, boxer, you know, all that all that stuff. But I think that, you know, I grew up in a, in a really crazy time in a really crazy city. I grew up in D.C., you know, in, 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 in the in the 90s, you know, and it, it, it was it was nuts there. And I, I um, you know, I just, you, you know, I, I, I had every sort of opportunity as a kid. I just think that, like, you know, my best friends are still the guys that I, I, I was best friends with when I was eight years old. We grew up together. It was just sort of this perfect storm of of of, of maniacs. You know, we just really had a nose for for um, adventure and, and we got each other's back and we stood alongside each other no matter what happened no matter what went down and and uh but yeah you know it was and I think you know I I think about a lot now as a father I think you know when you sort of label a kid and and when you when when the energy towards a kid is is very clearly all one thing like Mm -hmm. you're 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 a troublemaker you're a little criminal you're a little monster I think that's a self-fulfilling prophecy I I think so man I think so I think it's I think it's you 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 start to you know I I think people want to know sort of where they fit into the world and 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 I think for a very long time I was like pretty sure the whole world was telling me this is this is kind of who you are and and again you know when this this when I found acting, I found it you know relatively late. I didn't do it as a kid, and 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 when I found it, all of a sudden I got this other energy from people, and 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 like you know like in a in in like a classroom setting, which I was only like kicked out of classes and like asked <laughs> not to be around those kinds of kids, and and uh, you know I, it was uh, it was unbelievably fulfilling, and then and then the feeling of actually getting on stage and and uh, you know committing to something and 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 going all out and and again tapping into this wildness that had only led me into trouble and 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 harnessing it in some way, you know, I mean it was uh, such a gift. I'm so grateful to the to the woman who. Who, who really sort of told me, hey, you can do this and, and push me that was way. That, was that in D.C.? Or who was no, that was in, uh, I went to college to play baseball and, and, and I, I took a class. I took a, a, an acting class. I've told the story before, so, uh, but, but, uh, so stop me if I've no, told please, you. No, but no. like, uh, you know, I took a class almost, uh, uh, you know, by mistake, man. I, I, uh, I thought I was, you know, I was an athlete and I thought I was signing up for a class where there would be like 200 of us in the room watching movies and you could like drop acid and watch movies. <laughs> but I ended up in like the, the, the class for like the serious actor majors, you know, like 10 people. Gotcha. And I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> and they were all in the second class. Everybody was sitting on the floor, even though there was chairs right there. Everybody sat on the fucking floor. And, uh, you know, we were sitting there and everybody had to bring in something that meant a lot to them. And the first person brought in like a blues traveler CD that her boyfriend gave her, and she was like crying about it. I'm like, these are the weirdest kids I've ever seen. But like slowly but surely, it was moving its way towards me. And I didn't bring anything, obviously, but I was going to fall baseball practice right afterwards, so I had my catcher's glove. So I launched into this story about like how my mom had given me this catcher's glove on her deathbed. Meanwhile, she's alive and well back in DC. And like I'm looking at everyone and I'm crying my eyes out, and the whole room is crying their eyes out. And I'm like, oh my god, you know, right. like wait, I'm just doing the acting, man. Like, what, what's going? On? But like, this, you didn't really like Blues Traveler, did you? I thought you were acting. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought this is bullshit, and that's what we're doing. And you know, this woman, you know, she her name is Alma Becker, and she's just this unbelievable, magical, badass woman. She'd come from the Sam Shepard days in 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 San Francisco in the '60s, the Magic Theater, and like, you know, she. 
she just saw something in me and she had me audition for a play and, and, and I got into the play and that was it. And then, you know, I couldn't finish college because of certain troubles. And, and, you know, I went to her and I said, Hey, I really want to do this. You know, this is, this is, uh, I, I love this. And she knew I loved it. And, um, she was the one who had me move to Moscow and, and start studying over there. And then she ended up marrying my wife and I, and she was really, uh, wow. uh an angel in, in, in my life and, and, uh, changed, changed really everything for me. And, you, you know, um, yeah, the, I, I don't think I would I would be here or be uh, you know I, I know I wouldn't if, if it wasn't for Alma. Yeah. So what's the, what's the environment? I've heard of a lot of theater schools in my time. I've not heard about a theater school in, in Moscow. This one in particular was this one that like what, was this um, were there Americans there? Were you working with like Russian kids? I mean, yeah. What's the... I mean, look, man, it's totally different than anything. I mean, for me, I don't think I really would have responded well to American theater training, and that's not to you know that's that's not to condemn it or to uh, you know, look down on it or, yeah. or, you know, it's just, it's a very different thing. It's highly, highly, highly disciplined. Uh, you know, they, they see thousands of kids, they basically take a hundred and then every semester they cut the class in half. Right. So they only graduate like 10 kids oh, wow. and, and, uh, it's extremely disciplined and extremely honest. It's movement, it's ballet, it's acrobatics. If you're not good, they tell you you're not good and you're done. And in a way, it's a kind of a more humane thing where I think a lot of American theater training is like pretty coddling. It's a place where like you can do no wrong. Right. And it's like, hey, pay your money and we'll, you know, you do the best you can. There's like no best you can there. there but, you know, sounds more with like that, Juilliard. I've heard the stories of Juilliard being cut through like that where it's not, I mean. I think so. I mean, I don't know what Juilliard is yeah. like. You know, I tried to get into Juilliard. <laughs> they didn't let me, you know, but, but I, I, you know, I, I think that, um, I, I you, you know, I, I know that over there, it, it was just, you know, to be a teacher there is kind of the highest honor you can achieve. Right. And being an artist in Russia, period, it's just, it's an unbelievably strong, for lack of a better word, it's a very masculine profession there to be an actor. Uh, you know, if you go around Moscow, there's there's statues of playwrights and poets and painters, and and there's a real national pride in in in, in being an artist. And it's a, it's a it's a it's a very strong profession. You got to remember, you know, in the period before I was there, I was there in the very late '90s, which was crazy, man. It was like the Wild West when I was there. And you know, in the time before I was there, you know, there was no public gatherings. Public gatherings were illegal. You know, so you know there was no you know to do theater. It had to be state-sponsored theater, and the place where I studied at Moscow Art Theater was Stanislavski's Theater and Chekhov's Theater. You know, they were a state-sponsored theater, but when the state would come and see shows, they would sort of scrutinize and see whether it was pro-state message. Oh, wow. And once that was turned, I mean, Meyerhold, who was a huge director, that he was assassinated in his apartment. Actors were sent off to Siberia. I mean, my teachers. Uh, Igor Roman and Sergei, three guys who came to school there during uh, communist times, they did this play in secret called Cinzano, where they did it in this secret location, and the audience would sneak into the secret location and watch the play. Had they been found... They would have all been sent to prison, you know, for doing this play and for the for going and watching this play. And every month they'd find a new secret location and they still do the play as as an honor to it. But every month they find a new place. So for those people, there was a there's a real vitality to it. There was yeah. a real risk. The stakes were high. So, like, you better give it all. You know, you, you better if you're going to get up there, you better be you better be bringing something. And, I, I you know, the vitality of that and the 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 um, the danger in that was something that I just, you know, like spoke right to. 
to me. I, I, I loved it. And, and, and for me, it really made me connect with something much bigger. I think the brutality and the beauty of Moscow totally changed my life and made me a man, made me an artist. And, you know, I went there thinking I was a real tough shit from, from, from D.C. and all this stuff. But I didn't know anything, man. And, and, and it was a wild, wild place and, and uh, a place I, I feel I owe everything to. Now I understand even more like the culture shock because you come out of that and I don't know if you went straight to L.A., but like that it's it's one it's a 180 yeah i mean what was crazy is i got to see it pretty head on because while i was there harvard has a graduate school for acting and they saw me in a play over there and they were like what are you doing you know and and so they helped me get into graduate school at harvard even though i mean harvard dude even though i had never finished college and i was like in all kinds of trouble back in the states like it it was crazy like anybody who knew me from growing up (laughs) i would like literally like i would like wear my harvard yeah dude like yeah, like you mean like Harvard Correctional Facility? Like, what are you talking about? But, um, you know, but I got to see sort of head on the difference between Russia and Harvard, and 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 and, and uh, the difference was like major, you I'm know. Sure. And, and 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 yeah, man. And then you know, I I went to New York. I had a theater company in New York, and you know, we all lived in Bushwick together. And I was really into the sort of the avant garde theater scene. Um, and I really never wanted to do anything on camera. I was really an arrogant little shitty uh, actor who who sort of thought that that was selling out and selling your soul. And then I started doing plays in New York, and I saw that the people who were getting all the good role, roles in in New York were, you know, people who had done TV and film. So right. I, I it was it was really sort of a strategic thing. And then once I started really working in in film and TV, I, I fell in love with that process. And I, I, I um, whereas the Theater was something that was, you know, insanely athletic to me and courageous to me and, and risky to me. Um, I found film, you know, you know, a place where you could be really strategic and, mm. and um, really nuanced and were and, and, and unbelievably collaborative. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really I really fell in love with it. I, I always bring up Oliver Stone when it pops up on somebody's filmography, because, again, we're, we're roughly the same age and mm-hmm. his films really had an impact on me mm-hmm. growing me up. Too. I remember like JFK, like blowing my brain out at the time when yeah, I saw man. it. No, no pun intended. That's hard. <laughs> Um, but uh, but that was your first probably major director you yeah, worked with, man. right? It was insane. So what, insane. Do you, what do you remember of working oh, with Oliver? You know, everything – it's funny, man. I've been thinking about this a bunch recently. I feel like I learned some of my biggest sort of Hollywood lessons on that film. It was a very small role. But, you know, two, there's two sort of specific lessons that I learned on that uh, – Number one, so you know the film obviously was extremely sensitive. It was it was World Trade Center. It was five years after nine eleven. You know, and it was my first real job. You know, right. and and uh, I, 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 w- I went through like an insane audition process. And you know, obviously, I I, uh, I really you know he was a hero of mine and 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 is a hero of mine. And uh, you know, first of all, there was a whole sort of part of that movie where one of the things that one of the things that I thought was was greatest about that script is, you know, every first responder that went into that building, all cell phone reception was dying. So everyone sort of said to each other, hey, man, if I don't make it, tell right. and my wife, tell my kids I love them, you know, and it was something that really affected me. Um, and I thought was sort of the most honest thing because anybody who I talked to said that that's exactly what, what went down. Yeah. And, you know, the guy I played, Chris Amoroso, he was a... Uh, 
He was a uh, New York City Port Authority police officer who worked at the bus terminal, right, which they were called uh, BT Dogs. It was sort of like where the most badass Port Authority cops went. You know, the bus terminal in, in, in Manhattan is a serious place. And, and uh, that morning, he was switched to the World Trade Center, and he was not happy about it because he, it's, it's a really boring uh, post. Um, when the planes hit, he went up that day and um, he carried a woman down and he brought her down. And he suffered like a huge laceration on, on his face. And when he was coming down, his bus terminal guys were walking up. He saw his best friends coming up. So he put the woman down, got her to safety and went back up and never made it out. Right. Um, he left the youngest uh, widow, his wife, uh, Jamie, and, and, and his brand new daughter, Sophia. So, uh, you know, when I got the part, I wrote this letter to them just saying, you know, I can't do this without your blessing. And I want to invite you to be a part of memorializing Chris and, and he belongs to you and to God and not to some douchebag actor from 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 L.A., you know, and and I just want, uh, you know, and, you know, the producers on the film, there was a lot of touchy stuff with wives and this and that. And they, they sort of nixed it. They wouldn't let it get to her. Now, Oliver being Oliver he was something that was really, really important to him was the research component of that, which I now that's my jam. Like that is my favorite part of, of doing this. <laughs> right. and, and, and especially when you get to be a part of something with a real budget, you know, they really, you know, I was just telling you on Damien's new movie, you know, like I just spent a week at NASA, you know what I mean? With real astronauts and like real stuff, you know, yeah, it's who incredible. Like who gets that? that? Yeah, and like, great. you know, if you, and, and Oliver's all about that. And so we got to go to the bus terminal and for a month got to, got to walk the beat as much as you want. So I was there every day and I met uh, Officer Fairbanks and Sergeant Finney, who are Chris's like two best friends in real life. And these guys were just are the cool. I mean, they're the best guys in the world. And the things that they were letting me do, man, I'm not going to talk about it, but like good gracious, like we we were getting into it. And they and we just we really started to like each other. And, uh, you know, it was crazy is because of sort of this kind of thing with the producers and the wives they had to pull that whole component out of the movie. They couldn't mention anybody by name, which I thought was sort of the best part of it. Yeah. And I told them how upset I was that, that I couldn't reach out to, 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 uh, Jamie, you know, Chris's wife. And, uh, they through back channels hooked me up with her and like, and, and I don't know, it was, it was, uh, and then, you know, we, we got to talk and I got to say what I wanted to say and it was, it was great, you know, and we really connected and kept in touch and, and I, I, I felt real blessed for that, but it was a huge lesson about, um, you know, never to get sort of um, confused or, 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 or um, disjointed by the smoke in the mirrors of Hollywood, but yeah. like keep it as human as possible. Um, and so it was, it was a really big lesson for me. I know it was like a long ass no, answer, a short ass question. Yeah. No, and, and, I, and, I, and I, I promise we'll get to Punisher. I want to hit up a couple other uh, cool. key points in your career because I, I find the filmmakers and the actors you worked with fascinating. Fury, for one, mm. which, um, you know, I've known Shia for a long while, and mm. I, I'm a big fan of him just. Yeah. Personally and professionally, and it's I know guy, I know you are too. Yeah, I love him. Um, I feel like he's misunderstood by a, a lot of people because, yeah. like, his, his heart is in the right place. Whatever his, troubles his heart's he's so had, so damn big, dude. Right, the guy's got the biggest heart in the world. So, uh, can you uh, give me give me a snapshot of, of working on something like that, which was a very unique project. Mm. I know mm. uh, Fury, uh, David Ayer, who's mm. again a guy that does not suffer fools and just mm. like is mm. is pretty serious about the way he goes about it, and that could also describe the way Shia approaches the work mm-hmm. and seems mm-hmm. the way you, you approach work sure. too. Sure. Did it feel like you, it was kind of like simpatico in terms of like the way that environment was kind of your ideal or was that my ideal? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, 100%, uh, insanity, a hundred percent commitment, 100%, uh, 
uh, full. I mean, look, you know, uh, David's a vet. You know, he's uh, he's 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 really lived life. I, I I think on that film. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, you, you know, it was one of those things where it wasn't bluster or bravado. It wasn't like, hey, look how hard I'm working. You know, like David set it up that. You know, it was it was eight months, three months of pre-production, living on a tank, pissing, crapping, eating on the tank, sleeping on the tank, uh, knowing the tank. Uh, you know, there are no days off on that film. You know, if 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 uh, if there's something exterior with the tank, that was us operating it, even though you you, you know you never you never see us, right? Which is rare. Um, you know, you had this uh, guy Kevin Vance, who's become one of my best friends in the world, who's uh, just an unbelievable man. Uh, uh, Navy SEAL, one top frog, like he's just, uh, you, you know, just like an unbelievable American hero. He sort of like handled our, our boot camps and our buds courses and stuff like that. But, um, you know, look, you know, we, in a movie like that, you know, you're making a movie about a bunch of guys who are basically going through hell in a, in a, in a, in a, in a metal box, you know? And, uh, it was the most dangerous job in World War II. And, you know, we're, at the end of the day, a bunch of actors who operate under the umbrella of complete safety. So I think we all collectively felt that any opportunity for full exposure, any opportunity for danger, any opportunity f- any opportunity to raise the stakes as much as we possibly could, we, we ran towards the flame in that. Right. So, you know... No restaurants, no internet, no TV, no no communication with your family. Um, you know, um, you know they're sparring every day. All the guys sparred each other. I just spar the stunt guys and the and and you know the, he's got a he's got a martial arts teacher, uh, Richard Mosquito, who's awesome. Me and him fought every single day of that movie. Every single day after work, we would go into a room and just fight each other. And uh, I was so grateful to that. And and uh, you know, you get a guy like Shia. Shia takes the work so unbelievably serious. He creates danger on the set. I mean, he just creates danger on the set. You never know what he's going to do. And for me, man, I would roll with him anywhere. I loved that. I yeah. loved that. I loved how, how uh, yeah, man, he, he could pop off. And, you know, he's, he's equal opportunity. It didn't matter if it was Brad Pitt. didn't matter if it was a producer. It didn't matter if it was someone from craft services. If you are in any way getting in the way of us finding truth and going full out you're gonna get it you're like gonna get it and and for me awesome awesome bring it on you know and 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 i think i you know i love that there was there was a closeness that we all got yeah. from living in that tank for 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 eight months like the, i know what these guys smell like i, I know i know every I, I know every nook and cranny of these guys personality and I love them. Like we'll, we'll we'll be a family forever. And I've been in things where you get really close with sure. people, and you're like, oh, it's great. You know, and people talk. Oh, it's so it's so sort of um, euphoric on. Uh, I'm sorry, utopian on 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 sets. You know, this was not like this. In the, this, was <laughs> this was not. Hard. It this was, was not fun. Yeah, but but it was. Uh, well, I think we'll all look way. back yeah. at it and and just love that process. You know, beyond description. Yeah, I, I, I'm fascinated because of this kind of stuff you talk about. I mean, you know. Cut off your from your family, for instance, mm-hmm. during that film, and this kind of applied to something like Punisher, which is you know a tough character, not like kind of a, a fun headspace to be in for mm-hmm. an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Is there, you know, how is your family with kind of like where the, the places you have to go, and how are you like balancing that out? Where like you know you still have to be a husband and a father, yeah. um, and you also have to honor this profession and this this work. Is it do you find that's becoming more of a challenge? It's something you found a balance on, or you something you're still struggling with, or, or what? Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, that that's everything. I mean, you 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 said it, and 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 uh, I think with anything, 
you know, there's no way to master fatherhood. <laughs> you know, there's no way to like master. Got yeah, it. got it. And I, and I think the same way about my work. I think what's what's great about it is is to have a really honest relationship with it, with 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 art, with fatherhood, with being a husband. And and to me, it's never about being like I'm there. I've arrived. I think it's always striving to be better, striving to learn, admitting your mistakes, learning from your mistakes. You know, um, it is the major issue of of, of my life. Um, and I'll tell you the way I deal with it. I mean, look, I have to be away for long periods of time, and isolation is a huge part of my job. Um, I streamlined my life, and I trimmed a lot of fat off of it, right? So um, you won't see me at bars. You won't see me, you know, at a lot at restaurants, like, while I'm working, having it. Like, if I'm away from my family, I'm, you know, I'm putting my name and I'm putting my kid's name on that on that project. Yeah. They're going to look at it some way, and they're going to know why dad was gone. Um, my main sort of philosophy on all this, uh, for me, it doesn't work for everybody, but for me is you just got to be where you are while you're there. And, and so for me, while I'm with my family, we live out in the country, it's just us phones down. I don't, I'm not worrying about work. I'm not thinking about work. I'm dad, I'm coach, I'm husband. I'm, 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 I'm there, you know, I am with them. And, and when I'm gone, I'm gone. And, um, I, I've never felt pain. Like, uh, I, have been in situations where I've had to be away from people. Um, you know, when I went to Moscow, you know, it was, I, no internet, no phone, you know, I just, bye-bye, you know, see you in a couple years. And, um, there's nothing like being away from your kids, especially young kids where you can't, you know, it's guilt, it's, it's shame. It's, it's unbelievable sadness. Um, you're, you're missing out and you're not being there for them and you know, they need you. And and it's the, it's the worst, it's the worst thing. Uh, but it also, it's, um, you know, it's, 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 uh, unbelievably inspiring and again like when I talk about my teachers in Russia and when I go back to that it's why you put everything into it it's like if you're gonna do it you better do it like it's not about having like a right. you know a gay old time and 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 uh and 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 kind of partying and then sort of turning up and doing your thing no man it's it's like you gotta be full out and I think that's a reason why you know, I really, really respond to, 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 to guys like Shia, you know, and, and, and why it's not even guys like him. Cause I don't, I really honestly don't think there's anyone else like him. Um, and, uh, yeah, I love him, man. I love him. And, and, you know, we just did another thing together. He called me up and, and, and said, Hey man, he, you know, can you help me out and come do this movie? So, you know, for a couple of days, we were oh, t- nice. like, I didn't even need to look at it Yeah, dude, I'm there, man. Anything, anything you need. And, and, uh, you, you, you know, um, true artists that 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 this thing is vital for that's 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 what i respond to so it doesn't surprise me that like you know if you were going to do a quote-unquote comic book character there are a few on the list that i would expect you to do other than like frank castle and that like um you know he's he's not you know there's not spandex involved this is this is a guy that's is like a there's ptsd there's trauma there's there's a lot there for you to chew on as a, a kind of a flesh and blood character um were you wary at all because i know like you you know you've talked about how like you know superheroes weren't necessarily your thing you weren't envisioning yourself like in a costume or anything like that did you have to be convinced when this came around or did this feel like a, a good fit for your sensibilities um you both man both you know i mean there's no question that was never something you know the superhero thing was never something i aspired towards or or, or, or sought after uh and, and to take it a step further i think like the, the, the people that I've worked with that I really, really respect have all kind of steered clear of it. Right. And, um, and, and that means something to me. It really does. And, and uh, you know, I've gotten to really get to know 
some some real heroes of mine, um, you know, both both older than me and even my age, you know, cl- close to my age. And, and uh, that was a big that was sort of a coda for them, you know, like stick away from that crap. You, well, know? you see someone like uh, I mean, I know you've worked with DiCaprio. DiCaprio yeah, yeah. is like consciously he's never done a franchise, yeah, even, let alone like a superhero. Absolutely. And look Absolutely. at him. I mean, he's I'm, working with the best in the business. Absolutely. And he's fierce. He's fierce. And I love him. You know what I mean? I have like undying respect for that guy, you know, and, and as a human being and as a as an artist, you know. And so there was that, um, you know, when this thing came about, I didn't know much about him and the people that I was with at the time. You know, it, um, it was funny. It was uh, Tom Holland and my friend Stanley Weber, and uh, I was doing a movie over in Ireland. There's a couple of Irish actors over there too, and they all were like, "Dude, you, you know, this is this is this is this guy is like pretty serious, man. This guy's pretty <laughs> serious." And then I started to get to know kind of like what he was about, and yeah. um, and I, yeah, I was a bit trepidatious about it. But then you know, a couple things happened. Number one, I saw what Charlie. Cox was doing on Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I turned on the series, and you know he has a monologue in, in one of the first episodes, and they just stay with him, man. And he just like lives it. And he's such a talented, you know, extraordinary actor. And and uh, it's there's so much pain there, and there's so much, uh, I, you know, I just I, I just love the, the the elegance in which they shot this monologue, this confessional scene that he did. Um, it was beautiful, and and again, it was patient, you know. And I was like, oh, that's great. And then I saw D'Onofrio, and I was like, oh my god. I was like, okay, you know, here's a guy who's getting to throw down and yeah. and be, you know, uh, unbelievably uh, vicious and and um, horrifying. But like they are giving him also a chance to be vulnerable and 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 well rounded, and they're showing his backstory. And like I was, you know, that really excited me. So um, you know, but I think more than anything else, man, and I've said before, I, you know, you know, I I love my wife and my kids with like every fiber of my body. You know, they're they're like everything. They're 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 on my mind and in my heart literally every second. So I think until you understand you know what love is you, you know to love something so much more than yourself and to completely willingly give your life for somebody uh you know you can't begin to know you can't begin to sort of imagine what it would be like if they were taken from you right. and and that scared me it started to fill me and started to, with all those kinds of things that you know anger and 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 sadness and shame and 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 insanity and uh it, it starts spiraling me and like scared me and like that means like run towards it man like go to that and and uh so so yeah man i think so i think that's it was a, it was a whole combination of things Do, does the experience i mean the only analogous thing i can think of in terms of like fandom is obviously walking dead which mm-hmm. was a huge point in your career i would sure. imagine too does that help kind of like you know there's there's the job part of it and then there's kind of the outside stuff that you're kind of like dealing with now in terms of talking about it and getting ready for the fan reception and all that and the and the conventions and the comic cons and all of that mm-hmm. did the i mean the walking dead was such a unique experience Crazy. and continues Crazy. to be for the people that are involved and you're always going to be involved in some degree yeah. with it um does that help you kind of like navigate the weird the weirdness around a, a character like the punisher that's not just like you know joe schmo it's frank castle who means an awful lot to a lot of people yeah i mean i think that part is different i think i think i think you know with 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 punisher he's you know i mean shane walsh is a is a, is a bit of a you know iconic character in in a comic but it's you know he's not frank castle you right. know he's not he, he, you know and, and I, I think with frank castle there's this 
unbelievable. You, you know, there's a few things. One, I'm coming onto a show that's already completely working and right. successful, and I've never done that before. You know, Walking Dead, I was you know one of the originals. That 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 had the most humble beginnings. We had no idea. Right. We, we we could have been like the laughing stock, and uh, you know, and I, I can definitely talk about Walking Dead. I I, I think. For this, it was like coming on to something that was clearly working. But I think more than anything, it's this character that has, you, you know, really means a lot to the fans. And people have like real issues with the way he's portrayed. And it's a character, I, again, I've said before, that has real resonance with law enforcement, with military. And um, that shit is super important to me, man. Like super yeah. important to me. And, and you know... Um, I didn't. I, I didn't have such a understanding of it as as I do now. But the, the the fact that people wear that skull on their body armor and people have died fighting for this country, and for some reason that skull, you know, that has emboldened them to go and 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 go and 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 fight in the name of America. You know, like that is huge. And and so I felt. Do I see a skull on one of your rings there? You know, my mom got me this. It's a memento mori ring. You know, which I. You know, it's. Uh, you know, and what that means really is just remember that you're going to die, so live fully. And, and you know, my mom is the only person in the world who could have gotten me this ring, and I would have worn it because it's a little <laughs> cheesy to wear. But I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful ring, and, and, and I wear it for that reason, to remind me of, of that, you yeah. know. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a, there, there's, a, there's a ton of pressure with that. I mean, with, with Walking Dead, man, you know, Walking Dead was just sort of this perfect storm you know it's 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 a it's a it was a script that i i absolutely fell in love with when 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 like things like that were really kind of far away right. and, and 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 uh the reality of actually like getting on that show was really tough and i had to really fight and really go for it you know and um i pushed everything aside to to try to be on that show and then you know, once I was cast on that show, you know, meeting Frank Darabont, really learning who he was and what, you know, the, the, the wealth of, you know, he's like truly one of the great American artists, you know, and filmmakers. And, and, and uh, there's a real consistency. It's kind of the, it seems like the filmmakers that are either gravitating towards you or you're gravitating towards. I mean, whether it's the ones you're about to work with and, you know, Damien, I would put in that in that category. 100%. Steve McQueen, I think you yeah, yeah, work yeah, with. Sure, sure. Oliver Stone. We haven't even talked about Scorsese, yeah, Darabont. These are yeah all like they're just serious people <laughs> yeah, people yeah. Are like you know and and sure you like to think that every director every person in this business is but there are degrees and For all sure, of these definitely. people you're talking about are like at the extreme end yeah I, I i think so man and all all of those guys that you mentioned are all people that have have sort of proven it and have nothing like you know are, you know are just you know the the top of the the, the mountain uh, and and you know what's cool is I've also gotten to work with people like Denis Villeneuve and and um, this guy Jamie Dagg who did Sweet Virginia and Alfonso Gomez Rio like these guys who are who Young I and think and yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah and they're gonna be they're they're on their way but yeah. they're like still hungry and like and and uh, you know and the thing that I feel like is uniform among all these great directors that I've been so unbelievably blessed to work with. Is you know with the great ones, it's always open. It's always collaborative. Everybody has different styles, but it's always you get there and there's this feeling of mm. best idea wins, and all the bullshit is just goes out the window. And I always know when I'm on a set of mediocrity because it's always like, yeah, could you just do it? Like everyone has like an agenda, mm. and everyone, you know, and and it's so sad because I don't want to be. It's hard because sometimes it might be arrogant or it might be like, 
but it, it sucks because I've, I've had these experiences. You know and even if I'm just there for a day, if Mark like, says oh, he's willing to talk it through, you should be willing to for talk it through. For heaven's sakes, bro. Not only willing to talk it through, but he's like, who's got the ideas today? Like, what do we got? What do we got? And right. there's, this, I, there's this feeling that literally anything can go down at any time. And if you have that, you are, you've got something super special, man. Like, everyone's energized. Everyone's looking for it. It's magic, you know? But the second it's like, oh, I want you. It's like, dude, you're, 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 you're limited, you're closed down, and you're mediocre. It's right. like you can't not be if if you're not willing to engage and and uh, it's uh, yeah it's it's it, that is a real challenge man it's a real challenge. You mentioned Walking Dead. I'm always curious because I'm a big Darabont fan myself mm-hmm. and that's a notorious like he had an ugly breakup with sure. AMC and you were sure. kind of in the middle of that. I was very much. So. And you worked with him again. I know. So clearly you have a fondness and allegiance to him. Was that kind of tough to kind of see him go through that and 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 weather that storm? And it was and, awful, man. That whole thing was awful. I mean, you, you, you know. Um, for me, it was like this guy – it was a really crazy time in my life. Things were really changing in my life. Personally, uh, I uh, you know, I decided to sort of like leave my old life behind. I I'd gotten in trouble again. I decided to really dedicate myself to work and to my wife. I was starting a family. Uh, my, my first child was born on the set of The Walking Dead. I mean, not literally on set, but like grew up in sure. his first year of season two of Walking Dead. And uh, – you know, that was this perfect combination of everyone who was a part of that show, everyone, cast and crew, was so humble, so eager, so gung-ho. Everybody worked their freaking asses off and so believed in Frank and so believed in what he was doing and so believed in each other and gave it a million freaking percent. And no one had any idea it was going to be big like it was. I mean, yeah. a six-episode pickup is not a huge vote of confidence. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we were making a zombie show on the network of Mad Men and Breaking Bad. Like, if that thing was going to be bad, it was going to be really freaking bad. <laughs> so everyone was giving it its all. And we all so believed in these scripts. And... You know, to me, I looked at this guy, this guy, Frank Darabont, and I looked at the opportunity he gave me and, you know, a role like that, a role like Shane with a real beginning, middle and end, uh, an unbelievable arc and like a, a role that was right sort of in my wheelhouse of being able to really throw down. And then with like the enormous success that the show had, I knew that no matter what else happened in my career, I got a real opportunity to do something special and to, and, and, and to show a part of myself and, 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 and to, to really throw down with actors I had unbelievable amounts of respect for. Sure. Like, and, and, and my friends on The Walking Dead are still the closest actors. They're still my closest friends who are actors. I mean, we are in each other's families. Uh, Sarah Wayne Callies, Andrew Lincoln, Norman Reedus, Jeff DeMunn, uh, Steven, Melissa. I mean, the whole, the whole crew. Um, you know, that was an unbelievable opportunity that he gave us. So when he got fired, it it, 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 it was so crazy, man. And so can't, you know, we're not privy to anything right. going on. In it. We're in Georgia bit, making yeah, a thing. Yeah. And all we know is we are getting these scripts from him that are like pieces of magic. You know, <laughs> we would get a script and we would read it. And we'd be like, okay. And we would know, don't learn a word of it. Because until it says revised by Frank Darabont... It's going to be a page one rewrite, and it's going to be a bagillion times better. It's going to be like all of a sudden it's going to be – like we literally stopped reading them wow. until he – because we knew it was like don't worry. You know, I remember Andy just being like, dude, don't worry about That's that amazing. shit, man. It's like yeah, yeah. wait till it's Frank's, you know? And <laughs> the scripts were – you know, we had all of – when we started the season, he had written all the scripts. And, you know, that is an unbelievable – 
to walk in and have the scripts written. He had one through eight written before we got there. So we knew where we were going. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievably you know, beautiful thing to do for your cast. Right. And, and, and he's, you know, the fact that like everybody who Frank works with are people that he went to high school with. Like he keeps, you know, it, it, Greg Melton and Gigi, you know, costumes, sets, uh, Greg Nicotero, they've been friends for, you know, it's, it's like, he's this man of like loyalty and integrity. So for him to get fired, we were, you know, it's, it, I was like, what in the world? And out of nowhere, it, it, you know, no talk right. about it, no no explanation of it. And it was a crazy thing. And it really sort of divided the cast. There were some of us that said, okay, like we're going to walk off and do an open letter to Variety. And then there was a, a camp of the cast that said, look, we're all these people who work here in Georgia. Like we're, if we walk off, they lose their job. We can't do that. We have a show to were make. You and it was, one mindset where you kind of split on like where you wanted to go. Like me? No, I knew exactly. I said, well, let's walk dude. Like really? they're, they're, they're doing this to Frank. That's yeah. my guy. Like yeah. screw this. And, um, and, 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 you know, like later on, you know, I, 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 I learned as I grew and I started to work with Frank more, I, I knew it was more complicated than that. And, 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 and who knows, you know, like uh, you know, I, I wasn't privy to you what was going on. You had a particular perspective on it because, as you said, you guys were so allegiant to him because he was he made the show. He without he him, absolutely that's not a show. made the show. And 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 you know, his take on that show. You know, you you read the pilot to that show. You watch the pilot which he directed, and and it's there's never been an episode of that show like that. And 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 I think that you, you know, for me, you know, like he cast everybody. He put every you know you. you uh, I just was really of the notion I'm, I'm an extremely loyal guy, and so for me, and, 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 and potentially in a naive way, right. I was willing to just blow the whole operation up because I said this guy has done more for my family than anyone else in 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 in, in Hollywood, and you know, and, and it was a really crazy thing to sort of see him, who this guy on this mountaintop, go through, you know. That was his family, man. He he really he re, you know, Lori Holden he'd worked with on numerous projects. Right. Jeff Demun he'd worked with a no, numerous projects. Melissa McBride, who's one of the best actors working today. Period. End of story. Melissa McBride was tried out to be I think an extra in The Mist, and he saw something in her. Wrote her this like crazy monologue. She had gone back to being a casting director in Atlanta where she lives and was like, Hey, I want you to be on this show. And I think there's going to be this whole arc for you. Like that's some serious shit right there, man. And, and like, you know, I don't know, man. I, I, you know, I, it's, it was a very, very strange, weird thing to go through. Uh, I want to mention before, and I know you've got a a bunch of other things to do today, but uh, I want to mention, you mentioned another film that I haven't seen yet, but I I just watched a trailer for, it looks like a, a a, a cool piece of work. Sweet Virginia. Is that? Oh man. Yeah. 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 You psyched about that one. It's a smaller film, but it sounds like it's gotten some really good notices. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm really excited about it. I, I, you know, I think this guy, Jimmy Dagg is a, is a a serious powerhouse director. And um, I don't know if you're familiar familiar with uh, Chris Abbott. Sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I just, uh, what he does in this movie, man, it's, it's just going to blow people away. And, and, uh, it was, it was just this perfect labor of love and, and, uh, y- you know, it's an elegant, you know, seventies type film, um, where this guy, Jamie, the director has the courage to kind of create tension through 
filmmaking through through the littlest things where you'll be scared out of your mind just by like seeing a pair of headlights and and he's he's really really talented and uh Imogen Poots and uh, Rosemary DeWitt. It's just it's a great cast. It's a great group. Nice. I'm, I'm super proud of the film. Yeah. Excellent. And you were saying when you came in here, you're off next to, you've been doing some training. You're going to be working with Damien Chazelle, a uh, uh, pretty good filmmaker right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. He's great, La La Land. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, when I met him, man, he just, uh, you, you know, it was... He's another one. It's like he's you, like you thirty get going them. on seventy. You like know, in terms man, of like experience. it's like crazy. You're like, what the heck, dude? You know, but like, there's no. You know, sometimes you get in a room with someone, you're like, okay, this is some like great a tour master director. You know, like that is like out the window. Like if it's not about the project right. and about he's just completely real and yeah. positive and brilliant, and it just kind of like oozes out of him and 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 we just had this like unbelievably cogent conversation about the project and there was no like I'm, I'm sizing you up you're sizing me up or do you want me do you not want all the bullshit was just out the window like hey man let's just talk and yeah. uh i really i really really am excited to to get into it with it's him. a good ensemble of uh actors playing the astronauts man. in that yeah right? jason clark who i'm like the biggest fan of and cory stoll uh, right or uh, cory stoll yeah and um Kyle Chandler, who I'm just like an enormous fan. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's 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 great, man. It's great. Um, well, as you can tell, uh, I'm I'm a great admirer of your work, man. Thanks, when, when, bro. when you pop up in a film, I know it's going to have some great quality to it, and certainly uh, with respect to television as well. Walking Dead and now The Punisher. Congratulations, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate uh, you. I've seen the first so five or six. I think there okay. are thirteen. Okay. So I'm yeah. excited to dig into the rest. Um, yeah. And I know millions will be watching when oh, it boy. pops up on Netflix. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, right on. Thanks, bro. I appreciate <laughs> it's all it. on you. Uh, good to see you, man. I appreciate you, bro. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>